What's going on everybody? Welcome to the Big Breakdown with Jose Ledesma and today on this beautiful day we are going to discuss the teams in the AFC and their seasons and how they went. Um, I already did an NFC seasons recap. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, check it out. Um, so without further ado, let us get started with the AFC South. Starting with in the bottom, the Jacksonville Jaguars who went 1-15. Garner Minshew starting off the year was a guy that a lot of people felt like he had the chance or at least could have had the chance to be the franchise quarterback going forward considering how much hype and you know me talk there was around him the year before in 2019 you know the the mustache was really popular or whatnot but you know it's funny because the Jaguars literally won their first game and then lost the rest of them I mean that's I don't think I've ever seen that before Um, I don't think a team has ever just came out and beat a good team too it was the Colts come out and beat a good playoff team and then just end up screwing off the rest of the year um the coach though man I was not surprised that he got fired him or the general manager um those guys were already on the hot seat when the season started so I mean no one really expected him to really stick around at least how I that's how I felt about it I didn't really expect them to last past this year whether they went 1-15 or even 4-12 and or if they had a losing record and didn't make the playoffs or at least came close to it I, I felt like he would have been gone either way so that I don't think that would have mattered um with them bringing Urban Meyer in you know it's a big splash um Urban Meyer does not come to Jacksonville unless he knows he can get Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. So going off on that, I think this has been a well-known thing for the last three years that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one, regardless of who was going to be in the number one spot in the draft. Um, Unless it was like a, and hell, even if it was like a situation where they already had a quarterback and then they just get Lawrence just because, like what the Colts did with Andrew Luck, where they already had Peyton Manning, but they felt like they could hit the restart button with the new GM and new head coach by getting Andrew Luck all those years ago. So, And and, and Trevor Lawrence has been the most hyped-up quarterback since uh, Andrew Luck as well, uh, which is another factor you have to think about. So that's a lock. He's going number one to Jacksonville. He's going to wear 16 over there in Jacksonville. The defense, I mean, honestly, besides Trevor Lawrence going there and being the franchise guy, I'm most excited about that defense going forward, and here's why: you have two bookend, two bookend defensive ends for the future of your team going forward, which is Chase On and Josh Allen. Those guys have tremendous talent. They're gonna fit the four three. They fit the four three scheme perfectly. Hell, even if you went th- uh, the thirty four scheme, you and I, you know uh, they would fit that scheme very well as well. But I think them having their hands in the dirt at all times and the forty three. Is is perfect fit for them, and that's what Urban Meyer runs for his team. So I think that's going to be seamless. You have two studs at those two spots. Um, you still have Miles Jack at the linebacker spot, which he's still talented, so he's going to be very good at least for the foreseeable future. Who knows how long they're going to have him because he's under contract for I believe two to three more years. Um, they had their first round pick last year, who was C.J. Henderson, um, really good corner out of Florida. He, he showed some some uh, some bright spots for them last year. Uh not obviously as good as a Jalen Ramsey coming out of uh Florida uh, Florida State. Was it Florida State? 
Yeah, it was Florida State that, that Jalen Ramsey came out of. Obviously not as good as Jalen, but still very good corner, young corner on that rookie deal. So that defense definitely has building blocks at each level. So I'm really excited for that defense, honestly, going forward. Um, and, and the big surprise for their team this last year was James Robinson, the undrafted free agent rookie. Stud, man. He had a 1,000 yards out of the gate as a rookie, man. So, I mean, that's another building block that they can go on going forward. Their their first three draft picks in, the, in, their, in their picks last year, I think, were all hits. Um, Chavolt, the receiver out of Colorado. Um, like I mentioned, uh, C.J. Henderson, the corner out of Florida. And um, who was... James Robinson wasn't a draft a draft pick. He was undrafted, so that's obvious. And um, I'm trying to remember the last guy. I, I don't remember the last guy off of the top of my head who was their their uh, draft picks. But I feel like those three first guys, um, if I can pull this up for one second, I think all those guys were guys that they felt like could be the franchise or at least a part of the franchise long-term plans going forward. Um yeah, so I like that a lot. Jacksonville, I think, is in a good spot. Whether I, me personally though, and I will say this, and it does sound controversial, is that Urban Meyer I don't think was the right fit long term because Urban Meyer, as a lot of people who, if you follow him, you'll know that he doesn't have a history of being the guy long term there. Um, he's great at making you from last to first and compete in very high level competing, which he won't be able to do in the NFL. Because the NFL, it's an even playing field. It's not like you can recruit five-star guys um, every year. So there's going to be an even playing field. So it's not going to be like that. The Jacksonville will be competitive, but they won't be from last to first. That's not going to happen, man. Um, But is he going to be the long-term coach there? That's going to be the biggest question. Because he only stays at places for about three to four years max. And then he always usually has kind of like a guy in waiting to take over for him because there's always a, a quote-unquote medical problem with him. I mean, happens once, okay. Happens twice, uh, a little suspicious. But it's literally happened everywhere he's went. He's had a medical problem since Florida. Utah, he left Utah to go to Florida, so I don't really count that. But Florida, he had a problem. Uh, and then there was also allegations, too. There was you know, I mean, some serious allegations that were going on in Florida with all the players getting, you know I mean, in illegal troubles, and he left at the right time to go to Ohio State or to take a, a retirement for a few years before he took the Ohio State job. And then, you know, there was the domestic abuse um, stuff going on with his coach, uh, with uh, one of his coaches on the staff. Um, so, And then, you know, and then he obviously right around that time started happening. That's when it was convenient for him to have another medical problem. Uh, which when he went into retirement again, and even not too long ago, he literally hired uh, that the guy resigned re- already, but just recently he hired a, the strength and conditioning coach from Iowa State, uh, who was dealing with another legal issue of his own. So it's it's very questionable his uh, philosophy of bringing in the right guys, I would say, or the right people. Um, I don't know. It's it's very it's very strange and convenient for everywhere he's went. He's always had a a certain problem go on. But I think when it comes for right now, I think it was a good hire. But long term, I don't think it is. Texans, man, went four and twelve. I mean, you talk about a team that disappointed you. This is one of them for sure. Especially with Deshaun Watson at their quarterback, you would think they would at least be competitive for playoffs. 
Um, the beginning of the season, he signed that huge extension, a four-year, $160 million extension, uh, along with Laramie Tunsil signing his three-year, $66 million extension. With Bill O'Brien, when he was running things, he was giving away everybody for, for Skittles and a bag of chips. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins being the biggest name, but let's not forget the year before with Clowney. Clowney was given away for practically nothing. Um, and those are very talented guys. Yes, JV Clowney hasn't worked out since he got traded from Houston, but just this town alone, you could have gotten a lot more than a fourth and like a special teams player. And then D hop, all you got was a second round pick and a, a backup guy. So, or, or no, no, it was David Johnson, the running back who didn't do anything for them. So, um, yeah, there was a reason why he got fired halfway through the season. I thought he should have been fired right after the DeAndre Hopkins situation, but with him now gone, the true function is in that ownership. It, it really is. Obviously, we can say all we wanted about Bill O'Brien, but the reason why Bill O'Brien was able to make those stupid moves was because of ownership. And now it's really starting to show with what's happened this offseason with their hiring process and you know, lying to Deshaun Watson about uh, him being able to have an opinion and them asking him his opinion on who should they interview and bring in and talk to and them even dismissing it still afterwards and now him wanting out, but they're not willing to trade him. And the longer you wait on a guy from tra to trade him, the less you're most likely not, you're not going to get as much the longer you wait, in my opinion. Um, they're still going to get a good amount of draft picks for Deshaun whenever they do trade him, even though right now they're trying to, I don't know, be anti-player, I guess, to a sense to where they're like, nope, if you want to stay, if you are going to be the quarterback, you're going to stay here and be the quarterback. So, I don't know. Houston, man, is in an awkward, weird position, man. They just need to trade Deshaun. You already granted JJ's release. Um, just just trade Deshaun Watson. Get what you can get out of him and just move on, man. Start that whole team over. Blow it up. Start it over. Trade Laramie Tunsil. Um, and just hit the reset button, man. Colts had 11-5 and five season. Um... Uh, I liked a lot what the Colts are doing. Um, the Carson Wentz move that's more recently uh, is meh. I don't know. You know, it's kind of iffy. Um, but besides that, though, I've really liked all the moves they made, especially last year when they stole DeForest Buckner away from us for only a first-round pick. I mean, that right there should win you general manager of the year if you're Chris Ballard. because Even though it, it's also a factor because you have to pay DeForest Buckner, but... Even now as a 49er fan, I still wish we had DeForest Buckner over an Eric Armstead who got his money, got fat and got his money and d hasn't done anything, which is what he did before his breakout year of the year before. So, I mean, yeah, neither here nor there. Um, offensive line is the best in the league. Anthony Costanzo, though, him retiring at left tackle is, is going to be a huge blow. I look for them to address that in the draft um, or with even a veteran like Alejandro Villanueva. Um, but that, that's honestly the only hole right now as a whole team corner, you know, is another spot. Cause you only had Xavier Rhodes for a year. Um, and I think your tight end group isn't really that impressive. Once you've let e Eric Ebron walk away, that's something I'll never let the Colts live down is letting him walk away. Um, because he's not doing anything in Pittsburgh and his best years were with Andrew Luck in the Colts. So maybe they felt like he wasn't going to be as good since Andrew Luck wasn't there, but I don't know. I felt like you just you didn't do anything to help that position. You brought in Trey Burton, who didn't do anything. Jack Doyle's a better blocking tight end, and he's an overpaid blocking tight end. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the receiving core is honestly not that impressive either. T.Y. Hilton's 33, so and he's also free agent, so I expect him to maybe come back on like a one- or two-year deal if he even does come back. Um, but the bright spot was Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was a beast, man. Had a thousand year, had a thousand yards as a rookie. Um, they didn't really give him much reps. He was kind of like having to fight for for touches. But then once they were feeding him the ball, once uh, Marlon Mack got hurt, then he just took off. I really like what the Colts are doing going forward. Um, Carson Wentz does bring stability to the position. How good is he really going to be with Frank Wright? I mean, who really knows? But I like what the Colts are doing going forward. Tennessee Titans. They also had one eleven and five. I mean, I really like what the Tennessee Titans offense is. Um, defensively, though, I don't like it. I mean, defensive line is probably their best position, and even that's not impressive. Um, the the one guy though on that defense that you know made me nod my head and was like, okay, he, he got it going. And I'm not talking about guys that have already been established, like uh, Bur- uh, Byard, Kevin Byard. Um, and, and, and those guys in the secondary that have kind of already been around the league. Um, I'm talking about the defensive tackle, man. I mean, the guy out of Ole Miss they drafted last year in the first round, he sat last year, so he didn't get to play and show his abilities. But the defensive tackle, yeah, like I said, they dropped in the first round out of, I want to say, Texas A&M. He's a guy that really, you know, he show, showcased his talents and really came out and balled out for Tennessee this year. Jarrell Casey, I'm still mad that they let go of Jarrell Casey for practically nothing. Um, yeah, that, that I don't know. That just still bothers me. And now the, the who I'll get to later, um, the Broncos released him too after only one season. So Tennessee, though, I think they're going in the right directions. A.J. Brown, let's not forget about A.J. Brown, man. A.J. Brown is just a stud. He, he's just doing it, man. I mean, he's killing it. I mean, there's no other way to really put it. A.J. Brown is a few, is a star in this league, and I think he honestly could be a top-five receiver in the future. I think just the way that offense is, is ran right now, and they lost Arthur Smith, by the way, their offense coordinator, um, and they've this is like their third offensive coordinator in three years or in two offense coordinators in three years. They keep switching out these coordinators because they keep getting head coaching jobs, so... Is this offense going to stay consistent? Is it going to have the – it's probably going to keep running the same scheme, but is the play calling going to be there consistently? Um, the defensive lineman that I was re- referring to earlier didn't go to Texas A&M. He went to Mississippi State. His name's Jeffrey Simmons. But beast, man, straight baller. Um, also, they're going to release their first-round pick from last year. Dude didn't even last more than a season. Isaiah, Ta- uh, Isaiah um, Wilson – Right tackle that they drafted out of Georgia. He was a monster. 6'7", um, 2, no, 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 6'7", 365, just a behemoth. Um, he lasted, has only lasted one year in the league, at least with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up by somebody to be a backup or to maybe be a projected starter at right tackle just because of his physical abilities. But he had a lot of off-the-field issues, so... He's going to be gone already as their uh, last year's first-round pick. Um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, man. But I, that defense needs a lot of work, especially the pass rush and the secondary. I think the linebacking core is pretty solid, and the defensive line is pretty solid with Jeffrey Simmons. Off to the AFC East, you got the Jets, who went 2-14. and 14. I mean, Joe Douglas, man, he has a lot of work to do, and so does Robert Sala. 
which I love that they hired Robert Sala. I wish, honestly, the Niners would have kept Sala and maybe made him the future head coach. I just love Sala a lot, man. He, he is the true definition of a player's coach. He has literally made the defensive players of the 49ers better, and there's no better example of, and I'm not talking about 2019 when we went to the Super Bowl. I'm talking about last year, 2020. He literally made backups slash practice squad guys into a top 10 49ers defense. Jason Verrett, who hadn't started in five years, became borderline a Pro Bowl corner this last year. I mean, Solomon, he's a motivator. He's a great guy, man. And I really want to see him succeed in New York. The Jets have been trashed for, like, what, 20, 30 years, besides the Rex Ryan era. But I really want to see them succeed and do better. I mean, the biggest thing... <coughs> Excuse me. The biggest thing, if, if you're the Jets, what are you going to do with Sam Darnold or the whole quarterback situation in general? Are you going to trade Sam Darnold for a second or third round pick and start over with, uh, for an example, like Zach Wilson or um, uh, the quarterback Justin Fields? Are you going to start over with one of those two guys? Or are you going to use that second overall pick with something that can help Sam Darnold and believe in him for at least one more year. That's going to be their biggest question. Besides that, though, um, that whole team, like I already said, just needs to hit the reset button, man. That roster, especially if you're going to have, are going to need the pieces that fit the schemes that Sala and um, Mike LaFleur, uh, the, the brother of Matt LaFleur, who's the coach of the Green Bay Packers, who joined Sala in New York, who runs the same Shanahan scheme, uh, zone run Shanahan scheme. You, you got to get guys that fit that. So I think they're going to have to be busy this offseason. And they have the most, if not the second most cap space in the league. So they can definitely be able to get the guys that Sala needs to bring in. And don't be surprised if a lot of those guys are ex-49ers. Um, like a Sherman, like a Kawan Williams. Uh, a lot of guys, just a lot of guys who could go to New York and be starters next year. Especially on the defensive side. Patriots, who went 7-9. and nine. Um, Patriots, man, they had a rough year. Cam did not get the right kind of reps and just didn't get treated the, with the right respect. Um, Patriots really never opened up the offense to him, and it's their fault because you literally brought him in, what, a month or two, like a month and a half before the season started because there was not going to be a preseason so you brought him in in like late July, early August. I mean, no quarterback's going to succeed when you bring him in that late. And it was so obvious that he was going to the Patriots. I mean, when he was a free agent, the only team that everyone kept repeating was the Patriots. So I, I don't understand what made them take so long to sign him and to bring him in to be the starting guy because they were really trying to convince themselves that um, Stidham was the guy. I mean, God, give me a break. Stidham's garbage. So... They didn't really ever open up the offense for Cam or really treat him with respect as a quarterback. I mean, my biggest example of this, and it will always be this, and I will always continue to reference it, is what they did in the, in the primetime game against Seattle at Seattle, Sunday night game. And they almost won that game, running the same play in the red zone like eight times. I mean, you literally ran, go to the two-yard line, three-yard line, and you ran that place three times in a row. And the first two times, it didn't work. And it's fourth down, and you got to have it to win the game to score the touchdown. And you still go to it. 
I mean, that right there, any offensive coordinator would have been fired off of that kind of game. Josh McDaniels, if he was on any other team as just the offensive coordinator, not the head coach, but just the offensive coordinator, which is what he is, he would have been fired. There's literally no questions about it. Everyone would have questioned it. Everyone would have beaten on him with it. And a lot of people did as they should have. But, I mean, it did work up until that point, so I understand the logic to a certain extent. But... If you want so badly for Cam to run it in, at least spread it out. Spread receivers out. Make them do a one-on-one situation with you and the linebacker. Don't sit there and crowd the line of scrimmage and make it so obvious to where the defensive linemen know just to, to crash and to sit there and clog up holes. I mean, it's just made it way too easy. I was just disappointed with the Patriots when it comes to that aspect of it. But besides that, Cam also just didn't have anything to work with, man. Receivers, trash. And Edelman didn't even play really this year. only played in a couple games. So that obviously doesn't help. Um, defense, Belichick had to makeshift a lot of, with a lot of new and different guys on defense because a lot of their starters on defense opted out this past year. So Chase Winovich and, and guys like that kind of had to step it up and become the guys. Um, and their defense wasn't that bad still. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, they still had him. But... Really didn't have anything else really going on. And J.C. Jackson was really the story for them this year. He led the league with nine interceptions. Straight balled out, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a crazy contract in in free agency. He's a baller, man. Um, Going off to one of my favorite teams in the league, the Miami Dolphins, even though they did something recently that I don't like, which is cutting Kyle Van Noy after his first year in a four-year deal. Um, with the Miami Dolphins, it didn't. It doesn't make sense. I mean, they save six million against the cap, and that's about it. You're only you're saving them. You're you're cutting them because you want to save six million. And it's not like the Dolphins are like the 49ers or you know I mean a lot of these other teams who are strapped for money. The Dolphins have cap space still, so I don't get why you cut Kyle Van Noy, who was a leader of the team, um, whose cap number wasn't really that bad for what he was doing. And he was producing. It's not like he didn't do anything this year. Or it's not like it was the third of his fourth year deal where, you know, I mean, a lot of guys kind of get cut before the final year of their deal. So I don't know. That's just a move I really don't like. I really don't like it at all. I'm disappointed with Miami with that when it comes to that move. Besides that, though, I've loved everything Miami's done to this point. Um, I really do. Two, except Tua. Tua's another move. That, oh, my God. That's god-awful. I mean, Tua, you drafted him with the fourth, what was it, the fourth or the fifth overall pick. Either way, it was trash. Um, Tua's trash, and you wasted a pick. I'm sorry. Tua's not the guy. Um, you're better off starting Ryan Fitzpatrick or drafting another quarterback, if you ask me. Um, Alabama quarterbacks are just not it, bro. I mean, they're not. They're really not, and I'm just, I'm just, I don't see the the wow factor in Tua. I mean, that hip injury is a serious injury that people are not talking about, and he's just way too frantic. He never really read the off, read the defenses, or really just had any rhythm at all in that offense. I mean, it just didn't look comfortable in it. Yes, the offensive line of Miami is not that good. But look what Ryan Fitzpatrick did with that same offensive line. He literally threw a game-winning throw with a defender punching him in the face <laughs> in the Las Vegas Raiders game. Tua would have threw a pick six or something with that type of play happening to him. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Tua's not the guy. You wasted a draft pick on him. 
So two moves that I don't like what Miami did. Drafting Tua in the first round last year with the fourth or fifth overall pick and cutting Kyle Van Noy. Besides that, though, huge fan of Brian Flores and love what they're doing, man. I think they're really, especially with this last year going 10-6, and six, I think they're definitely on the right track. Buffalo, man, I I called this last, uh, literally after Josh Allen's rookie year. I, I said, I think they're going to, he's only going to get better and he's going to pop by year four. At least, uh, at the most by year four, but I thought it was going to happen by year three, and look what happened. Year one, you know, he had a 52% completion percentage. Last year, it was 59, so you could definitely see the growth. And with them bringing Stephon Diggs, I mean, you, you just knew it was going to pop. I mean, I don't think the whole team would have went, I, I don't think I would have realized the whole t- team as a whole would have went 13-3, and three, but Josh Allen, I'm not surprised he popped the way he did um, as a third-year quarterback in that system with Brian Dayball who I honestly thought was going to get the Chargers job, which I'll get to later. But, I mean, there's not much you can say about him, man. I think the defense, though, was disappointing. The defense the first two years were very was very stout. And I and I thought, had that defense been even better, they would have went to the Super Bowl, um, like they, how good they were the last two years. Um, that's honestly the only thing I really have to say about the Bills, and I'm disappointed in that. But another problem with them, too, is they were not able to run the ball at all this year. You got to get bigger, I think, in that center guard position, and I think you just got to get a number one running back. You have to, because now you've proven you can win with Josh Allen throwing the ball forty times a game. You've proven that. Now go get a running game and go make yourself a true Super Bowl contender with along that defense just getting better. Um, but yeah, man, Buffalo, I think they're going to be great going forward as well. Thirteen and three this last year, tremendous job. Cincinnati four eleven and one. Um, one takeaway in a positive light I'll take away from this team when it comes to the Bengals last season was that Joe Burrow's the truth. He is a legit quarterback. He's the truth. But the bad part of that is it showed you had a horrible offensive line because it got him hurt. Um, Joe Burrow, man, he was he really was giving people problems with how bad that offensive line and defense is. Zach Taylor needs to go. I, I mean, he's not the right head coach. He needs to go. You need to bring back a guy. I'm not saying they will bring him back where they need to, but you need to bring back a leader like a Marvin Lewis, who they had for 19 seasons or however many seasons it was. It was a long time. Um, or just bring like a guy that's a true quarterback whisper kind of guy. Because with this injury now, which is a serious injury for Joe Burrow, who... Who has some athleticism, who did some moving around for the Bengals last year. Now he's going to lose a little bit of that. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to go be Peyton Manning with no athleticism, but he's definitely going to lose some of that now. You're not going to be seeing QB draws like that you saw last year uh, before he got injured. But you got to bring in a true head coach, which they didn't. So, you know, Zach Taylor gets another shot. Um, and his excuses are that Joe Burrow got hurt. I mean, it's a weak excuse, but he, he got it. So he's going to last this lot one more year. Um, Joe Burrow, though, it literally starts and ends with Joe Burrow. I mean, there's really not much else I can say because besides Joe Burrow, that team was trash. And that's just how I feel, and I think that's just being honest. Um, Joe Mixon, with that contract, didn't do anything this year. They honestly just didn't give him the opportunities and also, the offensive line is just pure garbage. So, you Bengals are just going to definitely have to address the offensive line and free agency in the draft. Um, A.J. Brown played his last season in Cincinnati. 
he was honestly been trying to get out for the last two years, but they have I've had him under contract and tagged him. So now he can actually finally hit the age, a free agency market. He's not going to get much though, because he was hurt. Um, but he is definitely going to be gone in my opinion. Off to the Cleveland Browns, man. I honestly, this is the team that really shocked me right here. This is the big one. Went 11 and five, made the playoffs, and were a few plays away from going to the AFC Championship game and beating the Chiefs. I mean, it's that serious. The Browns are are legit. Um, and honestly, even going forward, I like the Browns to be the favorite in that division, AFC North. Um, I'm that very strongly feel about it. Um, but this last year, we're talking about this last season. So they went 11 and five, lost barely in the divisional round to the Chiefs. Um, th- but like I said, though, they still shocked me. Kevin Stavansky mo- definitely deserved the coach of the year. Um, no doubt about it. They had the talent, though. So it is kind of good that he was able to show that he can take that talent and win with it. But at the same time, it's the Browns. So, you know, to see them in the playoffs is, is, uh, is already noteworthy enough. Um, Baker Mayfield fits that zone running scheme that Kevin Stavansky runs that he learned from Gary Kubiak very well. Um, I mean, there's definitely a conversation that should be had if I'm the Cleveland Browns to upgrade at that position because um, they're Deshaun Watson away from winning the Super Bowl. Honestly, they really are. Um, they're, they're Deshaun away from winning the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if I'm the Browns, I would at least have the conversation because next year you're going to have to pay Baker Mayfield, like, what, $40 million if he has another year like this, which Baker's not worth that kind of money. Um, and the two running backs. You can't talk about the Browns without those two great running backs they had this past year. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Straight beasts, man. Straight dogs. Like, that literally was their offense. And don't forget, their offensive line were dogs, too. Uh, Jarek Willis, or Willis, or Wills, no, Jedrick Wills, I'm sorry. Left tackle, Joe Batonio left guard, um, uh, Jack Conklin at right tackle. I mean, all those guys were studs this last year. Um, defensive line was pretty good. Olivier Vernon didn't play much. He was injured with the Achilles heel, so you didn't really get to see anything from him. Uh, Miles uh, uh, Garrett was a monster per usual, no questions about it. The second level of that defense is questionable, um, but you can definitely, there's some guys there, but they can definitely upgrade at that position. Uh, same thing I can say about the secondary. Secondary wasn't honestly all that impressive. That was the biggest disappointment, in my opinion, because of the fact they had Denzel Ward, they have Terrence Mitchell, they have guys in that secondary. They just honestly didn't produce like I expected them to, especially Denzel Ward, who's going to command big money possibly after this season. Um, Cleveland Browns, though, man, I liked a lot what they did this past year. Baltimore Ravens, who also went 11-5. and I mean, this is obviously a team that a lot of people expected to be better than what they did this last year. Um, the passing game was very stale. Um, Greg Roman, and along with Lamar Jackson, didn't improve the passing game. You can honestly say it got worse from the year before where he won the MVP. But the running game was still there, obviously, no questions about it. Um, at all. I mean, the offensive line, though, you definitely got to start worrying about it because they Marshall Yonda retired last year. Now, this year, you got Orlando Brown who wants a trade because he wants to be a left tackle and get paid left tackle money. 
especially since he ha- was able to uh, fill in for Ronnie Stanley this last year, who tore his Achilles. So you lose Marshall Yonda. Now you're going to lose your right tackle, and then your left tackle is coming off an Achilles injury. So I'm honestly really worried about the Baltimore Ravens offense next year because you got to talk about the offensive line. You can't talk about offenses without the line. I'm sorry. A lot of people in these media don't really talk about O-line or the big men in general because they, I don't know, they just don't give them credit like they should. They're very important to every team, and at Baltimore Ravens especially because they're a run-first team. Defensively, though, Baltimore is good. I mean, they don't really have any issues in my opinion. Pass rush though, on the edge, not interior on the edge, is still a question in my opinion. But besides that though, Baltimore just really needs to shore up that offensive line and continue to upgrade the receiver and offensive line positions. But besides that though, I don't have any real flack with the Baltimore Ravens. Steelers though is another question. Steelers are literally the definition of a team imploding. I mean, they literally started off 11-0, and and they should have, like, lost half of those games. I mean, all of them came down to, like, the last possession of each of those 11-0 and games. They lost, almost lost to Dallas, who had Giovanni DiNucci as a starting quarterback. I mean, I don't know how that happen, happens, but it almost did. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Steelers did go 12-4, and and they did make the playoffs, even though they lost to the Browns in the playoffs. Um... The biggest thing, in my opinion, with that team is two is two players. One, or, or three things. Two of them are players, one is, is a group. One is the offensive line. I mean, I'm just going to keep talking about it when it comes to these teams because this is a real thing people need to start talking about. Steelers' offensive line is aged. Marquise Pouncey retired, so that's a big problem at their center position. Um, Alejandro Villanueva is aged and is hitting the free agency market. And David DeCastro is really the only guy who's really still like the future starter. But even then, I don't really see him starting that much longer. He's already in his 30s. He's already towards the end of his career, in my opinion. So the offensive line as a group, I think, is a problem going forward. Um, the defense, there's a player named Bud Dupree who I think is going to be a big question mark going forward. He had a season-ending injury this last year, and he was playing on the franchise tag already as is. So is he coming back? Is he? If he's coming back, it's probably going to only be a, another one-year deal because the Steelers are strapped for cash. And last but not least, Ben Roethlisberger just needs to call it quits and retire. I mean, he's not because he, uh, he's under contract still, and he's going to keep wanting to make money. So he's not retiring. He needs to, though, because... This last year definitely showed that he's at the end of his robe. Like, there's no question about it. His, his arm is gone. His his athleticism has been gone for years. And he can't just sit there and take hits anymore because he's too fragile now after all the years of taking all those hits. So, Steelers need to upgrade at the quarterback O-line position and then needs to find someone opposite of TJ Watt, who should have won defense player of the year, in my opinion. Uh, neither here or there, though. Uh, you need to find someone opposite of him, for sure. Off to the AFC West, and the bottom of that division was the Denver Broncos with a 5-11 and record. I mean, Denver, man, they were a team I had a lot of hope for, not going to lie. Uh, I thought they were going to have a chance to make the last playoff spot or at least be just be very close to it and be competitive. Um, that quarterback, Drew Locke, man, he's not the guy. 
He's just not. I mean, Denver missed on another quarterback. He he's not going to be the guy. I'm just sorry. I don't know who who you're going to bring in to really upgrade that team. But they have weapons. It's not like Drew Lock didn't have anybody to throw it to or hand the ball off to. He has players. Drew Lock is just not the guy. And he was hurt too, so that obviously doesn't help. I mean, yeah, that's of course. One guy that hugely improved this last year and even made the Pro Bowl of all things, and it was a guy that I was giving a lot of shit to, and that's Garrett Bowles, their left tackle, who they dropped in the first round four years ago. I mean, he was a complete bust. But like a lot of guys, he was in the last year of his rookie deal, and he balled out. And I don't know if he's going to get an extension out of it, or even, or if it's a, even a big extension or one at all. But he definitely played a lot better, like a lot of guys do in their last year of their rookie contract. So I'm not really that surprised about it. But your other tackle too, I think, is a huge question mark because Jawan James who they signed to a big deal, I want to say last year or two years ago, hasn't really played for the Broncos. His first year signing that huge extension with Denver was he was injured that whole year, um, and then this year he opted out. So he's on the third year of, I think, a four- or five-year deal. So hopefully he can do something with it, man, because he honestly hasn't done anything for Denver, and he needs to play and show that he can be a a, a, a starter worthy worthy of that contract. What I did like that uh, Denver did do is sign the the assistant GM from the Minnesota Vikings, and now he's the GM and uh, John Elway, who still I guess gets the final say as the VP of the team or as the president of operations for the team. But he's not the general manager anymore, which is what I like. Um, I like that move a lot. So now you can get another guy who actually knows scouting and stuff like that to be the GM, to be the guy that can you know go in there and do his thing. I like that a lot of what Denver did. Um, defensively, they got a lot of veterans, and they cut it. They have cutted those veterans. AJ Aboye after one year, gone. Jarrell Casey after one year, gone. So. It makes me feel that Denver's going to go young. They've tried the win-now veteran-type moves, and it didn't work out last year with them going 5-11, and 11, obviously. So I think Vic is going to hit the, the youth movement for that defensive front, um, which I don't have really have a problem with. I mean, Jarrell Casey, even though it does save you cap space, you did only get him for a seventh-round pick, so I was kind of surprised by the Jarrell Casey thing, considering you got him for nothing you would think they would give him another year to, I mean, fill in over there and be that leader in that front seven. Um, the secondary definitely needs a corner now that they cut AJ Aboye. He was really the true number one guy on that defense, and even he was kind of, is kind of like towards the back end of his career right now, being on in his thirties. Um, Justin Simmons, what are you going to do with him? That's the big thing too, man. You've had him on one-year deals these last two years, and he's done nothing but ball out, man. I'm like seriously, just go crazy. Oh, as an all-pro safety. So he's going to need that extension, y'all. Denver, hear me out. You're going to have to start stop playing with Justin Simmons and pay that man elite safety money because that's all he's done these last two years is play safety, play safety at an elite level. No no questions about it. Um, off to the Chargers with a 7-9 record. I, I'm... Just as shocked as everybody else that Justin Herbert was as good as he was. I'm not saying like a Chris Sims who's been on on air about is that 
you know what I mean? I called it or whatever. I honestly didn't. I didn't know what Justin uh, Justin Herbert was going to be in this as a rookie or even as a quarterback going forward, period. But um, if I'm a Chargers fan, I, I'm, I would call that doctor who give it is not uh, – is not good, obviously, because it hurted a player named Tyrod Taylor who was going to be their starting quarterback. But you want to give that guy a, a thank you note because you found out that Justin Herbert is your franchise quarterback going forward for the next 10 to 15 years. And that, I think, is a win on its own. Um, now to what I really want to get to when it comes to the Chargers, which is the hire of Brandon Staley who was the uh, Rams defensive coordinator this last year, made them the best defense in the league this last year. Um, I was very questionable of that hire, honestly, man, because every report was saying it was going to be Brian Dable. I mean, I'm not saying it had to be Brian Dable. I'm, in my opinion, I felt like it had to be an offensive guy if you were going to hire a head coach or hire an ex-head coach to take over and be the leader of the team. But Brandon, Stan- Brandon Stanley, that was kind of like the last guy I was thinking of. I honestly didn't even think he was going to get a job at all. I thought he was going to be a guy that would have to wait one more year to get a job. But I don't know. I was just honestly super shocked about it. I hope it works out, though, because I like Justin Herbert a lot. I, I have honestly liked the moves that the Chargers have made these last handful of years. So overall, in general, I, I would like to see the Chargers succeed. Um just because I'm an overall fan of them. And I'm a fan of their roster. They have an elite roster, no questions about it. Derwin James is the only like real problem I have with that roster because he's been injured the last two years. His rookie year has been the only time we've ever seen him do anything, um, and it was special. But, I mean, at this point, he's entering the fourth year of his rookie deal, and if he doesn't do anything... Or if he gets injured again, then he's going to have to for sure be a bust, and he's probably never going to play in the league again. Or be another judge, um, Verrett, Jason Verrett, who is injured for like a handful of years and then go has a good year with another team. So I like Derwin James a lot. I honestly think he can be a top five safety, period. But he just honestly needs to be healthy and prove that he can do it week in and week out. Off to... The uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who went eight and eight, um, Denver. I mean, uh, not Denver. Uh, Las Vegas. I like some of the things that Las Vegas did. I mean, offensively, they were able to score points, put up points, and do all that stuff. But as you already know, that defense was just was just bad. Um, I'm glad they hired Gus Bradley though to be their new defensive coordinator. Now he brings stability and a true scheme that can go with that Las Vegas defense. I mean, I think they're they're a fit, honestly. I think what Vegas needs to do, though, you got to bring in um, more corners or at least guys that fit more of the cover three scheme, uh, which are tall guys that can run. Um, and you also just need to put in, put in a true pass rusher along with Max Crosby because Max Crosby is a dude. No questions about it. Cleveland Farrell. Just admit it, just like the Niners have to had have already admitted with Solomon Thomas, you drafted a bust in the top five. You know, you quit hanging on to it. Cleveland Farrell was just never he was never the guy to begin with. I don't know what made them do that. Um, but he's a bust, admit it, move forward. Max Crosby's your edge guy going forward. Um Kowalski in the second level was a really good pickup. Uh Corey Littleton 
I'm honestly surprised they haven't cut him already. I think they realized that they made a bad decision with that move. And they honestly didn't even utilize him that much. In my opinion, if I'm the Raiders, the first round has to be getting Jeremiah Owusu from Notre Dame. That's how I feel about it. Jeremiah Owusu, I think, is a stud linebacker. He's what the NFL is going going forward with in the linebacker position. He can cover. He can blitz, and he's a he's an okay run defender. He can get bigger and better at that, but he could be a, uh, not saying he's gonna be that kind of guy, but he could be a guy that's like a Fred Warner, who is obviously in the same scheme with the Niners being the four three cover three. Um, but yeah, being able to cover in space and you know be a pretty good run defender and, and a really good blitzer, I think Jeremiah would fit that scheme like a glove. And could be your stud linebacker in future in the future going forward. Um, secondary, like I said, though, definitely has to improve. Um, Damian Art Arnett um, didn't work out as as a lot of Ohio State players usually don't in the NFL unless they're a receiver. Um, Henry Ruggs though was a beast, man. I mean, speedster, straight speed kills, man. And, and obviously, that's what the Raiders have always believed in for like 40 years so I'm honestly not surprised about that at all Josh Jacobs disappointed a little bit especially if you had him on fantasy I really thought he was going to be the guy that can get close to or at 2,000 scrimmage yards Um, but he dealt with injuries this year with you know ankle and shoulder injuries so he never was really able to to really get the train going consistently. He, he just kept having nagging injuries throughout the whole year. And stop with the whole get rid of Derek Carr thing. Derek Carr is a better half of the league quarterback. I'm sorry. These Raider fans and John Gruden, especially, who's the biggest criminal of them all, who keeps trying to find a reason to get rid of Derek Carr. I mean, yeah, if Deshaun Watson says he wants to go to Las Vegas, you're going to get rid of Derek Carr. There's no question about it. But besides that, Quit trying to fantasize a Marcus Mariota or, I don't know, some other John Gruden spider-wide banana guy. Like, that's John Gruden's problem, man. He's had the best quarterback he's ever had in his coaching career, and you keep talking about trying to trade him. For what? What are you going to get from him? And not only what are you going to get from him, but who are you going to get to replace him? Nathan Peterman, who's on your roster? Or Marcus Mariota? Give me a fucking break, man. That's literally so ridiculous. He's the best quarterback John Gruden's ever had. And he's like, "Mm, nah, not good enough. 30 touchdowns, 70 completion percentage, almost 4,000 yards. Nah, not good enough. Give me a break, man. Raiders offensive line, though, is starting to get older and deteriorate a little bit. They just cut Gabe Jackson, um, who was their uh, second or first-round pick a couple years ago, so that's a big blow. Trent Brown, though, who was the guy that the Raiders gave a crazy big extension to. And I told everybody at the time that it wasn't that wasn't the move to make. Trent Brown is not worthy of being the highest paid offensive lineman in, in league history. Sorry, but not sorry. And the Niners had seen what they had seen out of him and thought he wasn't good enough, and there's a reason for that. And, of course, any offensive lineman can go to New England and look good. They have the best offensive line coach in NFL, uh, the Patriots, that is. So... Trent Brown fooled the Raiders into thinking he could be a really good offensive line, uh, a starting offensive lineman, and now there's trade talks for him along with Gabe Jackson being cut. Um, Darren Waller, though, beast, best player on your team in my opinion, along with Crosby and Carr um, and Josh Jacobs, obviously. But, yeah, you, if I'm the Raiders, knowing what your scheme is going to be, the 4-3 cover three, invest in your corners, invest in your 
um, pass rush and invest in offensive line now that you're starting to get ready, guys, and whatnot. And John Gruden just needs to stop bullshitting with Derek Carr. Pure, period, point blank. Off to the last team on today's episode, the Kansas City Chiefs, who went 14-2. and um, Oh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the Raiders did go 8-8. and But, um, yeah, Kansas City, who went 14-2. and I mean, there's really not much to say about Kansas City. Kansas City did Kansas City things until they got destroyed in the Super Bowl by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they didn't have their offensive line healthy. Um, or just a good offensive line in general. And Andy Reid, I think that was Andy Reid's one of his worst coach games because he made zero adjustments. He literally kept the same offensive five, the same five man protection out there. Didn't use his receivers or running backs to chip or even just to double team guys. He literally just kept those five guys out to hang out and dry. Um, so Andy Reid did a poor job in the Super Bowl, but. All, without the Super Bowl conversation stuff, with, without what I just said going forward, throughout their regular season, I should say, they just did what the Chiefs have done since Patrick Mahomes took over. Throw all over the field um, with mismatch situations with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, is a meh first-round pick. Um, he showed out, obviously, in that first game of the year, but... He just really wasn't the guy. And another move and another thing that the Chiefs did uh, slash Andy Reid did that bothered me was that Le'Veon Bell, you brought him in. I don't know what you, I don't, the role was supposed to be, if I remember correctly with the reports were at the time, was that he was supposed to come in and be like the the rece- the, thir- uh, the third receiver along with Kelsey and, and Hill. Um, out of the backfield and get a lot of screens. He was supposed to be a number three receiver type of guy, and then you know sometimes get the get the ball on the ground uh, and and be a mentor and a supporter, um, running the ball when it comes to Edwards Hilaire. But you literally didn't use him at all, especially in the playoffs. And that right there is criminal. So I think that's kind of karma for not giving Le'Veon Bell the ball in the playoffs at all. You kind of just wasted eight games that he could have had with like the Bills, for an example, and he would have been a pure baller on the Bills. But Chiefs did Chiefs things, man, until things didn't work out in the Super Bowl. And let's not forget, and I'm going to bring it up again, you were literally only a few plays from losing to the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs because Patrick Mahomes got hurt because he was getting destroyed in that game. So keep that in mind as well. That is it, everybody. I appreciate you guys for giving a listen to the big breakdown with Jose Ledesma. Thank you again for listening to the AFC season recap, and have a good night.